It's happening. <laughs> it sure is, ladies and gentlemen. It's another quarantine podcast. A quarantine podcast with Natalie and Kristen. <laughs> What's interesting is that the quarantine has made it so that we're actually finally in the same city and home together. We actually haven't recorded a podcast when we were in the same room in so long. Well, like, I guess Bali. Yeah, Bali. But then before that, it would have been Paris. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we go months at a time. By the way, <laughs> no one right now is feeling sorry for us. <laughs> well, was someone in Bali or Paris? No, 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 no. This is the Elite Podcast. <laughs> but meanwhile, gross. But now we're in New York City and the pandemic is upon us. Man, and actually, we wanted this podcast to be pretty casual and just talk about what was naturally coming up for us, what our conversations have been during this time, because this time is bringing up different things at different moments. I mean, hour by hour, you could feel completely differently about this and about this whole situation. But one thing that we were talking about is what are the gifts that we're seeking or celebrating about this moment in time? And one thing for us that's been really beautiful is we have been quarantined together in terms of that you're the only person I see and I'm the only person you see outside of being quarantined in our home. And so we've had this beautiful opportunity to get together in the evenings and have dinner together. So there's been this really awesome friendship time and Kristen is actually a phenomenal cook and she's been cooking me dinner and it's been very romantic. (laughs) Uh, Once the pandemic is over, if you'd like me to come to your house and you'd like to romance me, I will cook for you. That goes for everyone that's listening. And it's been so fun to think uh, how we can delight each other, how can, how we can make something special. You know, just getting out of your sweatpants and putting on nice clothes. I always dress up for Natalie. Always. And you, and you always bring a beautiful bottle of wine. Always. And I always like to go to the market and, like, think what food might delight her. You really go above and beyond when you're... Picking high quality produce. (laughs) Like it's really next level. But there is something about the fact that we can spend our time during this time bemoaning what's been lost. And when we're talking about the loss of life Mm -hmm. and the loss of freedom, of course, like those are very, very real things to mourn and grieve and not to take light of in any way. And while we're holding that in one hand, there's this interesting opportunity to say, and what can be gained in this time? And that doesn't mean how can I get more productive and achieve more during this time, but really what are the things that get to grow out of this time that there wasn't space to grow before. And certainly with our lives and schedule, uh, we're just busy girls and we're both working a lot. So having dinners three or four nights a week was not on the agenda. And that's been a really nice gift of this time. Well, and that's the thing. At any moment in life, no matter how bad it gets, there's always life present. There's always beauty present. So many times in my life when I have been at the rock bottom, and that includes dealing with death, dealing with I don't know where I'm living, dealing with like really intense conflict, whether that's family or in romantic life, there is the intense challenge of the moment. And also there's something else. And sometimes that shows up in there is a bird outside the window singing. 
Sometimes you look up and it's just the sunshine. Sometimes it's, oh, my friend is here. Um, I remember when I went through a really intense breakup last year, you said, come over. And I came over and your love cooked me this incredible meal. I was in the most intense, like in the middle of a pain. And I remember being like, all this pain right now in this moment is so intense and so true. And yet here I am and the universe surrounded me with people that love me and like gave me something beautiful to nourish me. And that's always true. So whatever's going on in life, it's like, we might miss the life that is available if we're focused on the life that is missing, mm. which isn't to say that like grief must be felt. It must be felt all the way through our bodies. And a lot of people are grieving lots of stuff right now. You and I are both grieving different things uh, in our lives that is showing up for us in different ways. But what I am interested in is always what is the conversation that my deepest self wants to have with me right now in this moment? And as you and I have been having our meal tonight. Which, can, can I set the scene? Yeah, please do. And as we do, I'm going to take out a piece of chocolate. Go, okay, go, go. so just, I just want to set the scene for you all. Kristen walked in dressed beautifully in like little stiletto boots with like a little like uh, zebra-esque sweater and one of the best hair days I've seen. And she walked in with the most gorgeous bottle of wine. And I looked at the bottle of wine and I said, oh my gosh, it looks like the tower card in the tarot. And then we turned it over and read the label. And what the label says is we cannot command nature except by obeying her. And I'm like, of course you brought that bottle of wine. <laughs> and so we cracked it open. We had a little cheers. And then Kristen made us this beautiful, like, rosemary, thyme, parsley, olive oil, drenched filet mignon with, like, a beautiful little baby spinach and kale salad with pears and beets and goat cheese and hazelnuts. And it was yummy beyond. And now we're having dark chocolate. And we have been um, joking with each other, not even joking, but saying we've been having these romantic dates with each other. And like when it, when we look back on this time, like this is so sacred. Yeah. That, that when we look back on this time, there will be the things from this moment in time when this is all a memory, there will be the things from this moment in time where we'll go, Oh, that was a sacred thing that came out of this. I remember recently when my grandfather was passing over and I went to Canada and I remember the moments where he, he was already so close to the end that he wasn't conscious or awake really with us, but the entire family sitting around the hospital room laughing. And, you know, I remember my uncle making a joke about like, to my grandmother, oh, it's almost time for us to set up your Tinder account. And like, just, you know, the things that you laugh about with your closest people when you're in the throes of the deepest pain. And so although I look back on that specific moment in time as a tragic moment where we lost the life of someone that we loved a lot, there was also memories that came out of that moment that wouldn't and couldn't exist in any other container than the, the, that moment. 
And so looking back on that time of bonding with the family and the, the specific way that you got close to different people in the family that maybe you hadn't spent time with before and the specific moments of laughter that came out of the deepest moments of pain, there is something uniquely sacred about that life is always giving you life, even in death, mm-hmm. even in chaos, even in change. Yeah. And so when we come to the end of this moment in time, at some point, this will all be a memory. At some point, we will all sit and say, oh my gosh, do you remember 2020? Oh my gosh, that like hit and the pandemic and that was insanity. And at some point, this will be a memory. And what pieces of it will you keep as sacred? Yeah. Speaking of sacred, it feels like you and I have been having a lot of conversations recently about vision. That as everything has like stopped, fallen away, it's given a lot of time to really listen to the deepest part within. And what comes up is what's that vision? What's that thing that we were given, that vision about our lives? And how true are we being to that vision? Today, I was in the shower, right? My shower experience has gotten really good. I've totally copied you. I went to rituals um, before the pandemic. I got all the great soaps. I really made the shower a sanctuary. Very happy with it. And I was thinking, as a director, I have a vision for a piece. And so then, every decision I make as a director has to be, is it in line with that vision? Am I being true to that vision? From casting to what the set looks like, costumes, production design, everything is about, am I being true to the vision? And then I thought, but do I do that with my life? I have a vision for my life, but am I always holding true to that vision that I've been given? When am I making decisions that stray from that vision? Because that's when the project doesn't turn out good. Mm. And so it feels like this is this major reboot time, this major reset uh, it's like when, <laughs> with all the Zoom meetings that we've been yeah. having, sometimes Zoom will tell me you have to restart your computer. I think yes. it's because I've had too many Zoom meetings in a row. But it's like we're doing that big reset, restart. And what I keep hearing is, where is your life not in line with your vision? And when is that because of decisions you've made? That mm. you are strained. And I was telling you that uh, I was listening to some girl on the internet talking about uh, the feminine and masculine energy. And, but I loved how she said it, and I wish I remembered her name. Something weird like Calypso or something. I'll look it up. And she said that it's the feminine in us that receives the energy. And then the masculine in us, that part of our energy, has to serve that vision. So when is the masculine in me... When is the outward acting analytical part of me not serving the vision I've already been given? And you and I have been talking over dinner tonight about like, we've always known our vision. It's always been there. It's so clear. It's never not been there. So clear. You know, it's so funny you talk about the reboot because I I was telling you this earlier, but I'd love to share it with our audience. Please. So my computer started doing this funny thing where when I plug the cable into my computer to charge it like anyone's computer it goes ding like when it starts charging and 
but there's something happening with the connection between the computer and the cord that it starts to, it, it acts like it's not plugged in and then it remembers it is plugs in and then it dings again. So like every one to three minutes, can you imagine? Ding, ding, ding. I mean, it is just torture. So I was like calling Apple today being like, there may be a murder if we don't solve this situation. <laughs> but what I was thinking that was really, really interesting is, and, and the solution that the guy at the Apple store gave me is like completely shut down your computer. We need to do a system reboot. And sometimes I think the power source is always plugged in that we are always plugged into the vision. We are always plugged into source that has the ability to make the vision come true with us for us. And it's like, we forget that we're plugged into that power. And when we forget that we're plugged into the power, we spend a lot of our time taking other action because we think we're not plugged into the power source. And then we remember we're plugged into the power source. We get deep into our trust and know that we probably Mm -hmm. have to control less and do less and trust more. And there, but there was something interesting about, Oh, the way that you stop this confusion, the way that you stop this cycle is shut everything down and just restart. And this, quarantine this pandemic feels like a global collective shutdown restart and from the place of restart we can say wait i am plugged into an unlimited source of power here the same universe that gave me my body my personality my everything also gave me this vision and it wants it for me more than I even want it for myself because it's the point of me being here. It wants it for itself. Otherwise, it wouldn't have created me. It wants it for itself. Exactly. So there's almost like a selfishness in not giving the universe what it incarnated me to give. That's right. Right? But we think it's selfish to live our dreams. We think it's selfish to put ourselves first but the universe actually brought us here. It, that would be like the universe creating a car so that the car could drive people places. The car wants to run. It has dreams of going down the highway. It, it, that's all it wants to do. And then that car says to itself, wait, maybe I'm supposed to be a light bulb instead. And it spends all its life trying to be a light bulb. And maybe it's like, I'm supposed to be a paperweight. Right. But it's like... When we know that our vision is the proof of what we were born for, and it's also proof of how much the universe loves us and how Mm -hmm. much the universe wants for us Mm -hmm. and how much prosperity is available to us. And I truly think that so many of us have prioritized addiction, codependency, other people's wants and desires, our wounds, our insecurities, We've put all of these things ahead of our vision and we spend our days doing things that aren't supportive of the vision. As Mary Morrissey, one of my favorite coaches says, your life is either being made by default or design. Mm -hmm. And so much of what we do is just autopilot of not actually fully standing for the vision or sabotaging the vision or not believing that the vision is actually for us. And I do feel like for me personally, the biggest gift of this pause 
has been the reconnecting and reawakening to how I have gotten out of alignment with the thing that I say I want the most. Yes. And how my actions and my words have gotten far away from each other. Yes. You know, when you say that, uh, I think of how A Course in Miracles says, we only have one problem, and that problem has already been solved. And the one problem is we think we're separate from God, the divine source of life. And it's already been solved because we're connected. And this random YouTube video I was listening to was saying that the feminine in her wholeness just trusts, mm-hmm. just knows, she knows. You were talking about your love and you said when you met him, you had this deep knowing inside. You just knew. You just knew, so you stood in your knowingness. And there's that thing that occurs when you can stand in your trust of, I know who I am. I know what I'm here to do. I know I'm fully supported by the entire universe for my dharma. And I have, same for you. We've, we've worked with so many different people. Everyone knows what they came to the planet for. Everybody knows what they're here to do. If you get deep down inside of someone, they know. Mm. That's why I love to talk to people about their ideas. Like when they have an idea for a story, I'm like, tell me what you already know. Let's start there. Let's start there. So we come with information in us. So if we could just sit back and rest in that information that we already know and then trust that it's for us and then just wait like really rest, there's a trust that comes in rest. And if we rest knowing that if there's an action to take, it's going to be so clear, it's going to be like, boom. But so often, because we don't, we deny our vision, or we think it's not possible, we've been sold this bill of goods from the world about the impossible dream or it's hard to have what you really want, because we've been indoctrinated in that, we separate ourselves from our dream. So separating ourselves from our dream is really separating ourselves from the divine. And as soon as we do that, then we start to like check into the outer world and take its temperature of what it wants for us or what we think we need to have to fit into that outer world. And so we have this very long to-do list during our day that may not be what the inspired action inside is saying. You and I have been talking a lot about energy lately, like when do we feel depleted in our day and when do we feel filled up all the way? I know that when I'm with you, I feel... I could go forever, right? Ever. Right? It's like being with um, a, some, like a lover, right? Yes. That feeling of energy and excitement and the conversation is fantastic. There's that feeling of dharma and I feel filled up all the way. And I can notice in my day when I don't feel plugged into that source of life. Yes. When I do hit my like levels of depletion. Yes. And I think that this isn't, a conversation about like productivity. No. Like this is so like sometimes I feel the most filled up by putting on my jammies, wrapping myself in a blanket, yes. getting the most beautiful tea and like putting on Netflix. Yes. And just curling up and just feeling surrendered and 
joyful and cozy and comfy, sometimes that is the next right action. Yeah. Most of the time for me, what I can notice is the depletion comes from who I think I need to be to make someone else happy. Yes. Who I think I need to be to make money Mm -hmm. and who I think I need to be to serve a should. Right. Who I think I need to be as opposed to who I actually am. Yeah. And and what is the truth of this moment and my deepest desire? And that's what's really interesting about this time is that there's a real opportunity to sit in deep discomfort. Mm -hmm. But we have to know that so many of the mechanisms and control and things that we have done leading up to this point that made us quote unquote feel good actually just made us feel safe or made us feel relief or made us feel not uncomfortable. And so it's familiar, but if we want to be where we've never been, if we want to be who we've never been, we have to go into uncertainty. We have to go to a place we've never been before. We have to not know how to do it. We have to be daring. And so If you're sitting in discomfort right now, I want to say congratulations, you're getting closer. And whatever you can do to not try to escape the discomfort, to not make the discomfort go away or feel more comfortable, know that all of the structures that made us feel comfortable before have fallen away purposefully. And there is a gift in asking the discomfort what you've been trying to protect yourself from knowing or being. Mm-hmm. And as we go all the way into that, like I know in my own life, I have been really seeking a way to integrate all the parts of me because I'm really good at lots of different things. And I love doing a lot of different things. Like my big issue is I don't have enough days on this planet to do everything I want to do. I want to visit every country. I want to taste every food. I want to serve at the highest level. I want to read every spiritual book. Like there's not enough time in my life or 10 million lifetimes to do all the things that I'm great at doing and that I love doing. And there's a real call to say, how can I integrate all of those things and not get so wrapped up in doing one thing that I love so much that I leave behind other parts of the vision? And where is there a limiting belief in me about not actually being able to have what I came here to have? Mm-hmm. So I know for me in this particular quarantine, I had some conversations with you about Oh, I notice the places where I've abandoned this one piece of myself that I really want to bring back to life. I've, I've just abandoned this one piece of my talent and this one piece that I love really about myself, but I've really let it go because other things have been rocking and rolling. And, and you gave me a beautiful reflection and said, well, I know that once you get in alignment with it, it'll be right there. And within days, even in quarantine, from nowhere, from nothing, energy started flowing in in exactly that direction. And it's not magic. It's alignment. Even in quarantine. Yeah. And we feel our way into alignment, right? So alignment suggests that we get our desires and our thoughts and our feelings into one line. So I think it's a really exciting time to say, ooh, 
what's coming up in me, right? Is there a discomfort? And, and perhaps the discomfort has something to say. And I think you and I both found that, that our discomfort wanted to talk to us about our vision. And what part of our vision did, had we stepped out of alignment with or were, wasn't serving with every part of our being? Hmm. And so as we like really go, ooh, what was that original vision from the beginning? And are there, is there a part of my mind that, that, that stopped believing in it, mm. right? That turned its back on it. Mm. And now that I have this reset, what would a little kid do, right? So say if we were playing pretend and there was something we wanted to make, how would we go about doing that? How would we start even like playing pretend and seeing what's possible? And a lot of people might think, well, at this time, nothing's going on in the world. or da, 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 da. But it's actually a wonderful time to start going into your experimentation box and really going inside and saying, what do I want? What did I come here to do? How can I invest in that? How can I believe in it? How can I serve it? How can I nurture it right now? Yeah, there's a lot of talk in the peak performance world mm-hmm. about how to get yourself in top performance during pandemic, during quarantine. And you think that when I say that, it's going to sound somewhat like training for a marathon or something, and it couldn't be further from the truth. But they talk about these three sort of things that you can do to be in your peak, in your best performance during this time. The first one is defragmenting your nervous system, which basically means for all of us, all the overthinking, all the stress, all the anxiety leaves these open loops in our brains and our neural pathways. And so it's about closing off those, those loops so we can actually get our nervous system into rest and restoration and into relaxation. And so how we do that is by taking a nap, by being in nature, bubble bath, bubble bath, meditation, curling up on the couch and having a warm tea, giving your body healthy nourishment, like really telling your nervous system, I am taking care of you. What do you need right now? What do you need? I will provide that for you. And you teach your nervous system that it is safe because you are the loving parent taking care of it. That's it. So the very first thing to start with is deep self-care. A hundred percent. And I actually think that's a big healing thing that is going on right now is people are getting to reparent themselves. And by just simply witnessing what are the really intense emotions that are coming up, oh, I can be the loving parent that holds the space for whatever comes up. Anxiety, I love you. Fear, I love you. S- worry about scarcity, I love you. Everything's okay. Mm. You can be here. I love you. I got you. So we're really getting this opportunity to wrap grace around whatever might come up. And that's the perfect bridge, how you explained it perfectly. Of the second one, which is allowing yourself to feel all the feelings fully and completely without judgment. Mm. So if joy comes up, you don't have to feel badly about that. You don't have to look around the world and see how sad and broken it all feels and then hide your joy under a bushel and feel like you're wrong for feeling it. Or if you are in deep grief and pain, You don't have to feel bad for one second about that. Or if you are in deep rage, uncontrollable rage, you don't have to feel badly about that. It's about letting 
every emotion have their right and equal place without judgment. Including how horny you are. Oh, man, oh, man. I mean, basically, Natalie and I just had a talk about how horny we are, and we can't believe that we have to be quarantined right now. And so then I had to show her a bunch of sex toys that are on sale right now. And honoring that, honoring that everyone is having a different experience from a day-to-day basis, from a moment-to-moment basis, and knowing that we as a collective are going through a collective experience, but your experience my experience and Kristen's experience from any given moment are also going to be completely and totally different. There are phases of grief. There are phases of acceptance. There are phases of denial. And can we get into a routine and an alignment and a habit where I don't judge myself or my own reactions and I don't judge anyone else's? That's so good. Because there's a real tendency in a world of social distancing and separation to look at every human like they're an enemy carrying a weapon that could hurt you. Will you tell them the story about you running? (laughs) Speaking of. So this is how my rage wanted to manifest. So I have taken up running during quarantine, which was something my, uh, in the, in the defragmenting of my nervous system, that was something that came up, run, expand your lungs, breathe, be in nature, be in the park. So I've been, and there's a running path in central park and it's very clearly delineated (sighs) of like, you run in this direction. Other people run this direction. You stay apart from each other. Everything is fine. Except for the fact that many, many people like to just walk casually with their families on the running path. Now, when this happens, this isn't just like inconvenient, like it slows down my speed. This is actually like in order to get around them, I have to go into the other runner's path. And if there's someone else coming, like there's an impossibility for social distancing because people are not following the rules. Oh, (laughs) it makes me laugh so much. So I started this fun game on one of the days that I felt so much rage (laughs) where I would like run behind people and just angrily yell passing. (laughs) And then people would be like, and like jump out of my way. And then I would like shoot them a dirty look as I ran by. (laughs) I'm so afraid it's going to be me one day and I'm going to be like very slowly jogging and you're going to run by me. Go passing. I'm like, that was Natalie. But I have started (laughs) because I'm not as rageful as I was earlier (laughs) I have started saying passing with a lighter tone of voice. And when people move to the side, I say thank you as I'm running by. So I have altered my... I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Again, we don't judge anyone. We don't judge ourselves. Oh, That anger in me was, was true and, and holy. And holy. Important. We had lost a member of our community to this... Uh, virus. And that was the day that I was like, I really need to run. And I was inflamed by the lack of social distancing I was seeing in light of having just witnessed people who I love dearly lose someone very close to them. And that was how that rage wanted to express, you know, there are healthier ways. (laughs) I love your rage. I'm always excited when it shows up. The third thing for peak performance. So it just as a review, you defragment your nervous system, which is you get into deep self-care, you get into deep listening. What does my body need to feel relaxed and restored and take care of itself? Number two, you allow yourself to feel every emotion fully without judgment. Yes. And the third one is connect to inspiration and play. 
And these are the three things that are said to lead you into peak performance during quarantine. So when we talk about peak performance, we're basically talking about here's how you can come out of this as your healthiest, most whole aligned self. And when we talk about getting connected to inspiration and play, that looks like laughter. That looks like watching comedies. That looks like getting together on Zoom with friends and laughing and playing silly games and board game nights. And it looks like getting in touch with your vision that that's so much of the time weeks and months and years go by and we say, wait, didn't I want to be this thing? And I've just spent so much time doing these other things. This is a moment where a lot of the things we do to distract ourselves have fallen away. So vision gets to be in the forefront again. And I like to think of also when we think of inspiration play, It's a great way to move our emotions. So those emotions that were coming up, say if anger was coming up or sadness or grief, all of those emotions can be transmuted into creativity. So whether that looks like I'm going to color with crayons or I'm going to make a collage or I'm, you, you had an audition the other day and I came over in red lines with you and we had the most <laughs> fun just playing pretend, right? That it totally was, that transformed was a us. It was so fun. But the, at any moment we can play and play takes us somewhere else and it gets us deeply tapped in to that childlike self, right? There is, there's this beautiful, innocent child in each one of us that has this incredible ability to imagine. Mm. And that is our genius. Mm. And that part of us is the part of us that often feels abandoned. And it just wants our attention. I think of my cute little cat that will like, she'll like purr at me because she just wants my attention. She just really wants me to like come cuddle and play with her. And I always think like, that's what our little inner child is like. Just come hang out with me. Can we just put some paint on something? Can we just pretend? Can we just dress up? Like that's why coming in to see, see you sometimes is so fun because just I dress up. Yeah. Right. So where is this a call for us to get deeper in touch with the part of us that wants to play and pretend and imagine? And I think we'll find the more time we spend there that we won't that the anxiety will move, yes. the worry will move, the fear will move, all of it will move on its own because we're moving into the realm of where our create, creative potential is <laughs> has been waiting for us. Waiting for us. Um, Matt Kahn, who we love, love. Uh, said this the other day, that anger is just repressed passion mm-hmm. and creative expression brings movement to that stagnation. Yes. So whatever we're feeling, maybe the best way for us to fully experience it is through emotional release. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, hit a pillow, run around, dance your face off, have a temper tantrum on your floor. Write a song. Write a song. Be dumb. Be silly. Make do, a bad painting. Do a TikTok video. Make in make silly videos and send them to family members. Write a monologue. Anything. <laughs> Anything. It doesn't matter. And the point is being creative, not to get anywhere, not to get anything, but because it's fun for your soul. Yeah. 
That's it. So we just want to say in in this moment on our, our little quarantine dinner date that wherever you are, there is nothing to feel ashamed about and there is nothing to feel badly about or to judge. This is a moment in time to bring yourself the deepest compassion. This is a moment in time to really be with yourself so that you can learn to be for yourself. And above all, I think we just want to remind people that when this is all over, you will come out the other side either more infused and in love with your vision or more disconnected from it. And one is going to give you a fire and a passion and a sense of action and a sense of joy that nothing else can because that's you remembering who you came to be. It's like a beautiful time for us to just go inside. And that part of us is always talking to us. And that part of us knows how to lead us. It's the ultimate reboot. It's the ultimate time where we get to go, oh, okay, let me let go of the world. I'm detaching from what other people want for me. I'm de- detaching from my, what I thought I had to do. And I'm going back to what lights me up, what makes me happy, and how do I take care of myself. And when I take care of myself and my vision and my inner child, everything changes. Everything changes. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C period R period E period A period T period E period community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend?